Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you. It is good to see your happy faces. I hope you are uh, experiencing a little bit of aches and pains in those walking legs that you have in our 40 miles of prayer. I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute, but super excited about that. But uh, today I'm excited to start with in introducing to you somebody that's going to be a big part of our, our, our focus of discipleship. And so you may have seen him running around with an iPad in his hand and, and mixing sound and doing different things, but we are transitioning him out of sound and into the position of what we're going to call the leader of discipleship steps. So Frank, come on up. This is Frank Morrison. <clears throat> I'm super excited about Frank. I'm super excited about what he brings to the table. We have known each other now for probably a year and a half, maybe two, um, somewhere in there. But uh, we have grown to be friends. We've grown to be uh, partners in ministry. And I'm super, super excited about Frank. So Frank is going to, in the, in the, in the coming months, help develop our leaders, or I'm sorry, our discipleship steps. One of the most important parts of any church is what we do to make disciples. It's what we're about. It's, it's what church, it's, what, it's the mandate that we're given. Go and make disciples of all nations. And Frank is exceptionally passionate about this. I mean, he's like a fanatic about discipleship. And, uh, and, and, and even more fanatical about his relationship with Jesus, which I love. And so I'm super excited to have you as part of our team and what you're going to start right after Easter um, called Starting Point. And we're just going to continue to build those steps of discipleship as we continue to move forward. So Frank, thank you so much for being a part of the team and uh, just share with these guys a little bit about your heart about discipleship. Well, as Pastor Ricardo mentioned, this is the mandate that we have as believers. Jesus didn't say, just come follow me. He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Yes. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. I'm going to help you. I'm going to encourage you. That's why I'm here. So if you want to uh, be a disciple maker, because if you're a follower of Jesus, that's who you are called to be, that's a right. disciple maker. Mm -hmm. I'm here to encourage you, hold you accountable, make you uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, let's hold each other accountable because that's the mission of Jesus Christ. So good, so good. And I'm very, very excited. So after Easter, we are going to start what's called Starting Point, which is just a foundational class that will help people who have recently accepted Christ, maybe are interested in kicking the tires of faith, figuring out what this whole Jesus thing is all about. Um, all that starting point will be that, that starting point for everyone. And, and for as many people as want, during, uh, it'll be a six-week course. Um, you can jump in at any time, but the beautiful thing is we're just going to keep it going as a cycle. So we're going to train up leaders to, to do starting point, and we're going to uh, continue to develop disciples that make disciples. Amen? Amen. So I'm very excited to have you on the team, and uh, let's pray and ask God's blessing. Uh, <clears throat> Father God, I thank you for Frank. I thank you, God, for his passion, desire, and practice 
of making disciples. And I pray that you, Lord, uh, would bless him, bless his family, bless his efforts to help us as a church be a disciple-making church. God, we don't want to just be a gathering church. We don't want to just be a a group that meets on weekends. We want to be a church that helps people follow Jesus and helps others follow Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing, anointing, and power in Frank's life. I thank you, God, for what he's doing in our hearts and our lives. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name for it. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can just hang it up over there. Frank is, is uh, volunteering for this role right now, and we are super blessed to have him as a part of it. And so if you are kicking the tires of faith, if you're new to the faith, the, the upcoming starting point class is really where you want to uh, be, and we'll give you more information as time goes on. Well, we are in the midst of 40 miles of prayer, and we should have at least walked at this point, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you should be six miles into the prayer experience. And I hope that you're doing it. I hope that you're doing it because it is, it's opening my heart and my mind to our, our community, my wife's heart. We were walking through the other day and just praying over uh, swing sets and, and basketball standards that are out in front, praying for those kids. And we're seeing strollers and different things and, and, and construction workers and praying for their hard work and all those kinds of things. My eyes are open not to um, just walking, but experiencing the, 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 the dynamics of our community. And I'm excited about that. So there's a couple things that we want you to do um, when you come to church next weekend and today even. We want you to go to the Big Green Wall out there. And if you have walked at least once this week, we want you to get a foot. We want you to get a foot. And we, we want you to take it over here and you can put it in that basket. Or Don is going to be there on a, a ladder. And he will put your foot up on the wall. And as we get down closer, we'll let you put your own feet on the wall. But for now, we're going we're gonna to fill up that path with just step after step after step after step each week of people that have walked uh, and, and done their, their miles of prayer during the week. And so um, we have uh, big feet, we, or, or the, 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 well, the foot that's the biggest there. And then we have little ones for kids. So the kids, if they've walked this week, they're getting feet to put up there this week. Now, we have one super unique foot, and that's a green foot. And that green foot means that you invited somebody to church. And so what we're hoping is that we'll see black foot, black foot, black foot, green foot. Green foot, green foot, green foot. And so as many people as you invite, we want you to get a foot for, and then we're going to put all those green feet up there as well. So it's just a method to keep us excited and see what is happening. And can you imagine for the next, uh, uh, how many, 34 days, we're going to continue to walk a mile a day and see God do some pretty amazing things. So we encourage you to go to the big green wall out there and get your foot and bring it in here. And Don will uh, do that. And next week, you can just walk in, get your foot, bring it in, and we'll put it up there for you. And uh, if it's low enough, we'll let you put your own foot up there. All right? Everybody good? Don't forget to get a t-shirt. We have 40 Miles of Prayer t-shirts, and you can wear those as you're walking. And I've, I've worn mine, but it's been pretty cool when I've been walking, so uh, over a sweatshirt. So, um, Looks a little weird. Today is, is the final day of our Why Not Us series. And I'm super excited about it because um, this final day is a, a unique opportunity to hear the voice of the Lord 
in a unique way for you. Now, I'm going to tell you my story and my relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And quite often when people say the Holy Spirit, um, they hear in their head this, you know, this kind of freaky, strange, weird um, kind of connection that you may have with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a great experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, but in our world today and in the Christian world, um, there's been some crazy things. There's some, been some strange things. There's been some challenging things that have happened with the Holy Spirit. And he's unfortunately received some labels of weird, strange, freaky, out of this world, crazy, you know, whatever you want to call it. The Holy Spirit has gotten a label that I don't think is at all deserved. And so today I want to talk about that. In our whole series of, of Why Not Us, we've talked about it's all about realizing that we must believe that God can do anything through us. God's work is not reserved for the special, talented, or extra gifted. It's available to the available, not just the able. And what we are talking really about is the function of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because if we have the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives, there is a power that comes out of that that is amazing, that is remarkable, and I believe um, we need to connect with that power in a unique and powerful way. We've talked about that our vision for this series is not about the condition of the world. We're not trying to address that. We're trying to address the condition of man's heart. Because when we, when we see a heart changed, we see a world changed. Amen? Do you believe that? All right. So have you ever wondered what makes my actions different or your actions different than someone else's? Have you ever asked that as a Christian? What, what's different about me? What makes me so different compared to other people? And I think one of the big questions is, first of all, is there a difference? You know, one of the things that um, uh, Christians, uh, Christian researchers have found is that um, in, in much of the church today, there is no difference between the people in church and the people in the world. There's little difference. There's little identifiable difference. The divorce rate is the same. The, the, the addiction rate is the same. The, the, the abuse rate is the same. The, 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 the different things that are supposed to be different about us aren't all that different. And I think that's a travesty. I don't think that's, that's, that doesn't represent the, the person of Jesus Christ who is the church. Right? We are the church. We are the people of the church. And if we aren't different than the world, then what good is faith to the world? We have to answer that question. We have to be honest about that, that, that uh, issue in our, our church, in our world, in our own personal lives. Am I any different than those that don't have Jesus in their lives? Have you ever been asked, what's so different about you? Not, not, not like, well, why are you weird? But what's so different about you? What's so different about the way you handle life? What's so different about the way you do things? What's so different about the way you approach it, experience it, express it? Have you ever wondered if God really makes a difference? And I've gone through stages in my life where I've, I'm like, man, 
God, are you really making a difference in my life? And, and most often it's like, I would if you'd let me. <laughs> That's where it usually lands. Where does the power to change come from? Where does, where does that change come from? What, what, what happens when we become a Christian? And what does the power to make a difference, where does that power come from? Where does the power to, to change our world? Where's the power to change our home? Where's the power to change our marriage, our own lifestyles, our, our resistance against sin? Where's all that power at? We talk about it. We, we preach about it. But do we live that power? So when I became a Christian, I became a Christian at the age of 18, um, not long after I graduated from high school. I grew up in the church, and I'll explain that in just a minute. Um, I grew up in the church, in an Assembly of God church, in a Pentecostal church, a, a Spirit-filled church, a church that um, had... Uh, regularly in that church, the gifts of the Spirit operating in that church. I remember sitting in church, and this was in New Hall, Santa Clarita, at New Hall First Assembly. And I remember my brother and I would, would kind of make fun of the people that were, would speak in tongues or interpret or pray in a unique way. And, and my brother and I thought it was weird. And so, and it was. I mean, it was, it was different. It was strange. It was un unusual. And even the expressions that came out of those people were unusual and strange. And so my brother and I, unfortunately, didn't have a theological base to, to kind of relate to. And uh, we thought it was weird. And so and, uh, <clears throat> there was a, a gentleman um, who would rock every time he prayed. And, you know, as soon as he started rocking, my brother and I would go, you know, it was not good. I mean, I'm, not, I mean, I'm surprised that we're alive today because God could have just went, you know, and struck us down. We just didn't see it as normal. We didn't see anything. But it, the hard part was is that um, we, we were both, you know, being encouraged by other people in the church. And my brother and I both... Uh, my brother, I love him dearly. He's an amazing man, uh, incredible guy. And uh, we both grew up with this experience of, of Christ. But for us, it was weird. And there were inconsistencies in, our dad's, in, in my dad's life and, and all these kinds of things. That, uh, and so we struggled with faith. We didn't, we didn't connect uh, with it at all uh, while we were growing up. And even in, in the time that I was there, I remember uh, people praying over me and laying their hands on me and, and asking me to speak in tongues. A gift of the Spirit that is, is, is uh, identified in Scripture and, and speaking in another tongue. And um, they would do all kinds of crazy things to get me to try to do that. They would speak in tongues in my ears. And I'm like, ah, I can't hear, you know, and, and I, I couldn't focus. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, they would tell me to say things, and this is, I, I'm sorry, and, and this is, is crazy to you, it was crazy to me, but they would say things like, see my tie, see my tie. She came riding in on a Honda. They'd say crazy things like that, and I'm like, what are you trying to do? What, you know, what's going on here? You can't 
create tongues. You can't do that. And it just turned me so off. They would laugh. They would cry. They would pray. They would do anything they could to try and motivate me to connect with this gift of the Holy Spirit. And what was missing in almost every connection was the connection with the Holy Spirit. See, I didn't need to speak in tongues. I needed to connect with the Holy Spirit. I didn't need to, to, to be coached. I didn't need to be prompted. I didn't need to be pushed, prodded, poked, guilted. Cannot tell you how many times people would come to me and say, there's sin in your life, there's sin in your life, there's sin in your life. And I wanted to turn and say, there's probably sin in yours too. And, and, and I, I had this difficult, difficult time. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because what I want you to hear this morning is that what God desires more than anything is to have a dynamic relationship with you and with me. And in that dynamic relationship comes the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And what has to happen is this yielding not to the gifts of the Spirit, not so that we seek these tongues or, or prophecy or healing or miracles or all the lists of the gifts. If we start seeking gifts, you probably won't get anything. But once you start seeking the Holy Spirit and a relationship with Him, everything follows that. Everything follows that. Everything follows that. That He wants to have a genuine connection with you. Now, let's theologically, I'm just going to explain that um, the Holy Spirit is what is normally called the third person of the Trinity. So there's uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in that Trinitarian uh, grouping, the Holy Spirit is one of those. Now, what we believe is that the Trinity is one. There's one God but three expressions of that one God, as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. And there's a mystery of that connection. We've tried to explain it with eggs and water and all kinds of different things of what that Trinity is. But there's really no human way to understand how that functioning happens in a real God perspective. And if you find somebody that says, I know exactly how to explain the Trinity, um, then they've gotten pretty high-minded and think they're academically smart, which they may be. But it's a mystery how one God can be three entities. And that one God lives in you and me today. The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not separate from the others. Actually, God is living in us. If we theologically confess that truth to be real, that God is the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that means God lives in us. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so if we are the temple, that's, we are the indwelling. He dwells in us. We're the temple. And collectively, we're the temple of God. 
which is, is powerful. There's some reality there that we, we, we have yet to tap into. I, I don't believe uh, many churches have ever tapped into that power of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of, one of the things I also want you to understand is that the, there is a spirit world. And I know that sounds crazy and weird and strange, but there is because when we die, the Bible tells us when we die, these are just shells. We're kind of mud huts, if you will. We're mud huts and, and we're containers. We're containers of our being, which is the spirit that we have. And those spirits are in eternal. They, they will connect with God forever as we have a relationship with God. So we have a spirit and the Holy Spirit is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit. And so these two spirits connect. And when they connect, there's something dynamic that happens Everybody with me? So the goal, the ambition, the passion that I have today is that you and I would have the most amazing relationship with God by understanding that that relationship happens when we yield our lives completely and totally to God. And I'll make sense of that in a moment. When we do that, the Holy Spirit has the ability to come in and make a difference. Let me show you. In Acts chapter 1, Luke, one of the disciples, is actually a physician, is detailing what happened after the, the, the resurrection of Christ. And so he's explaining to this guy named Theophilus who... Uh, what Jesus did after he rose from the dead. And he starts in this in Acts chapter 1. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about, which was the book of Luke. So he wrote the book of Luke to Theophilus, and now he's writing the book of Acts to Theophilus. And he's saying, Theophilus, I wrote all about, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The first and most important part of this passage is realizing that Jesus is alive. We we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a a, a God that's an idol in a, in a, in a, a form of something that man made. He is alive. Jesus came out of that grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you and I today have the promise of eternal life because he is alive. Amen? And it says, He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now this is the the kingpin or the, the hinge point of everything that matters in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is this, is, is this. It is the rule of God in our lives. It is the, the reality that um, when Jesus came to speak about the kingdom of God, and he said the kingdom of God is near, or the, the, um, the, you will inherit the kingdom of God, those kinds of comments are, are simply this statement, is that Jesus came to rule in our lives. 
set up his kingdom, his will, his plan, his purpose, everything about who God is in our lives and what he created us for is the rulership or the kingdom of God. So when we say kingdom of God, we say the rule of God. He is the king in our lives and we are his subjects. And so when he came to tell the the disciples about the kingdom of God, he's reminding them, listen, your role is to tell everybody in the world what it's like to submit to God and let him be the ruler of our lives. So when we ask your kingdom come, your will be done, we're saying, God, I want you to be the ruler of my life. And when he is the ruler, truly, when he is the boss, then you do what he says. And when you do what he says, the power behind what he says and behind what we do in faith activates the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, what seems maybe strange or weird or unusual, why? Because the unusual happens because God works miracles. He works things that, that we can't do, that can't be done in our own power. And so when we give into the rulership of the Lord, then the Holy Spirit can come and do as he pleases. And so the first question that we have to answer this morning is, is God in control? Are we his subjects or are, is, are we treating him like a renter? Come on in, and, but I, I want you to make sure you don't put any holes in the walls. I, I got rooms you can't enter into. Um, please don't paint anything. Um, you're renting. Jesus isn't interested in that. He's either king of kings or he's not in your life. He's king of kings, and you're going to find that out one way or another. But the reality is we can either yield to that king of kings or we can say, I'm in control. And the first step is to understand that he has to be in control for us to experience the fullness of God. Where are you at today? Have you completely submitted everything to him? Have you given your entirety of your life to him? And what that means is are you a disciple of God? Not, not are you a, an observer, but are you a disciple? In verse 4, it goes on to say, On one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command, which I just think is cool because he's just chilling with the people. He's eating with them, having some uh, good taquitos, enchiladas, all that sort of things. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which the gift was promised that the gift would be the Holy Spirit, that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to inhabit the people. They didn't comprehend that because Jesus was still with them. And so they didn't have that like, what? You know, what, what's that mean? You're, you're leaving and you're going to send something for us? What is that? And he's, you know, but, but Jesus is connecting the dots right here. He says, but wait for the gift my father promised you, promised, which you have heard me speak about. And he spoke about it in John chapter 16 in different places in the New Testament. I don't have time to go into all that. And then it says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
This word baptized is really important because what John baptized with water in, in the confession that I'm a follower of God, Jesus is going to baptize all believers in the power and, 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 and person of the Holy Spirit. And that whole idea of baptism is an immersion, a complete surrounding of your body and your life with the immersion of the Holy Spirit. So what, when you go down in the water, that, this is one reason why when I baptize, I make sure that everybody goes all the way under because it signifies the complete death of that person and then the resurrection of that person. If people resist on going under, I push a little harder. <laughs> Until your face is all wet. And I've had that happen a couple times, especially big people. They don't like going all the way down. And I'm like, okay, this is you and me, man. You know, and it's tempting to hold them down a little bit. I'm just joking. Not really, it's tempting. But what the Holy Spirit wants to do is completely envelop your life. And the only kind of life that he will completely envelop is one that's completely submitted to him. When you have said, you are my king, you are my leader, you're my Lord, I will do whatever you ask. I'm completely given to you. Everything in my life is yours. Nothing is mine. It all belongs to you. That's when he can come in and swallow you up and fill you up and baptize you and fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you're now completely drenched. When you come out of that baptism, you are just dripping with who he is and what he is all about. That's the joy of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the joy of experiencing the fullness of God and experiencing that gift of the baptism, that, that flow of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. And what happens when we get baptized is the, the, the beginnings of fruit start to push out into our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All those kinds of fruit become, begin to be a part of our lives. Then it says in verse 6, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of, to Israel? See, they're, they're still thinking king in overcoming. They still haven't connected that kingdom isn't about overcoming this world. It's about overcoming our hearts. See, Jesus didn't even come to, to, to change the condition of the world, only so through the hearts of man. He didn't change the government. He didn't change all that. All that's coming someday. Amen? He, he will rule and reign forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's going to be our God. <clears throat> but he didn't come to this earth to change all of that, he came to change all of us and everybody else outside these walls. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so these guys are saying, can you still solve our problem? We're still in captivity. We're still frustrated with the Romans. We're still frustrated. Their, their whole perspective is, God, Jesus, will you just take out the Romans and take over? And he said, no, I, I, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. That's not the time. The time is now that it says, verse 8, but you, can you say that with me? But you. Can you say, but I. 
but I will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's this idea that the Holy Spirit, once we yield and He is completely King and Lord of our lives, then He is able to come and envelop us and baptize us and empower us to be Him to this world. Not to be God, but to be witnesses, storytellers of who Jesus is to this world. And it comes with a power that changes lives. It comes with a power that says, hey, I have a story to tell you. Jesus made a difference in my life. And you could tell that story a hundred times. And without power in your life, without power affecting the, the life of the other person, you, you will, you'll be sharing a story, but not an empowered story. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure how all that works. I mean, there might be theologians that have a little bit better understanding. But I, I, I understand that this is that there's a power in me that I don't have in myself. And that power, when it comes out, it comes out in a supernatural way. And that's the part I don't understand. That's the part that I remember, and I may have told this story before, but I remember a guy at a church that I was executive pastor at up in Seattle. He would stand on the street corner, and he would wave at cars. And he was one of our parking attendant guys. And I'm like, dude, you know, if you want to do something more than that, um, it would, you're, you're welcome to do it. I mean, you want to be, you want to, you want a radio, you want to, you know, be out there parking, putting people in stalls. Do you want to you do something different? He goes, Pastor, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do because I'm not just waving. I'm praying over every car that enters into this parking lot. And the power of God is entering into those lives even before they sit in a pew or in a chair. I'm like, I'm sorry I even asked. Because that's what's different, is when the Holy Spirit comes out of you, it doesn't have to be a, 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 a face-to-face or, you know, any, it, it has to be what God calls you to do. You do it, and there's a power that comes along with it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how it works in our lives. And so he said, but you will receive power. That, that, the word power means dunamis or dynamite which is an explosive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you or comes into you and takes over and you will be my witnesses. You, you won't be able to do anything else but shine the light of Jesus to this world. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud <coughs> hid him from their sight. It was important for them to see him go because they needed to know that now it was no longer him in the physical form but him in the spiritual form that lives in them. And what we know about Acts chapter 2, and I don't have time to preach that today, but Acts chapter 2 is when the power of the Holy Spirit came on them. There were tongues of fire. There was wind. It was a crazy moment. All of the people in Jerusalem heard their own language being spoken from people that were uneducated. So there was a spiritual interpretation of, of, of tongues being spoken at that time, which was crazy, and, and there was a spiritual interpretation of that. Now, is that weird? Yes. But miracles are weird. Will you agree? 
I mean, things that are unnatural, things that couldn't be done in our power and our strength, uh, th- that's strange. I get it. I like, I like what one thing said, expect, expect to be different, I think is, is one, one phrase that some, some people are using right now. Expect to be different. When you submit your life to Jesus, expect to be different. And I think that is a fair expectation of what happens when we understand that when God isn't here physically, but he is in me spiritually, there's crazy things that can happen. I can pray for sick people. I can pray for provision. We can pray for the addict and they're delivered. We can pray for the broken marriage and it's put back together. We can do all kinds of things, not in our own power, not in our own ways, not in even our own will, but in God's plan, we can see great things happen. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. That would be a little freaky. And they said, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who had been taken from you in, into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. In other words, guys, get on with it. Don't sit here looking in the sky. Don't just continue to try and be an observer of Jesus. Go and be a participant in his mission. Because he has promised you power. We don't have room or time to be observers. You've seen what can happen in a country who um, is just all of a sudden attacked. You've seen what can happen. I'm not trying to over-dramatize the, the war in Ukraine, but as tragic as it is, it's also a message to all of us that at any moment in time in our history right now, things can go crazy. Lives can be taken Families can be broken and changed forever. We must be empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our world. An empowered church is a limitless church. An empowered church that's following and yielding and giving itself completely to the leadership of God, the rulership of God in our lives, is limitless in what it can accomplish our 40 miles of prayer, every day you walk in every house you pray for. And my wife, I was like walking past the swing set and praying for it. And she's like, get your hands on that swing set. I'm like, man, you're radical. Weirdo. You know, and so I lay my hands on the swing and I'm worried about what the neighbors are looking at. And there's a basketball standard. You need to go over there and pray for that. I'm like, What? I go and lay my hands on the basketball standard. Lord, every time they shoot that basket, may their Holy Spirit speak to them and uh, kind of whispering, you know. Sorry, I'm just a different dude. But there's power in that. That's Holy Spirit. We're not, I, I don't think we should be weird for weird's sake. But when God shows up, I expect him to, see, him to get the glory. For it to be obvious that there's something not human here, but God here. And that, when that power shows up, that's something amazing. A fully functioning church is one who has submitted to God's rulership in our lives and has dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, he, he's a person, not an it. 
Um, it's one of my pet peeves in theology and my theology classes when my students say, um, uh, the Spirit is an it. I'm like, I'm quick to... No, he's not. You shut your mouth. You know, he's not an object. He's a person. And we have a relationship with this person, God the Holy Spirit. There's no time to be an observer. No time to simply sit and watch. We must be about the mission of God under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so my question to you is today, will you yield your life completely to God? Can he take up reign in your life, rule in your life, leadership in your life, in every aspect, not one, not, not just part, but everything? Will you seek a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit? We're not going to we're not going to speak tongues into your ears. We're not going to tell you what to say or anything like that. We are going to pray that the power of God fall upon you. And what God chooses to do in you is what he will choose to do in you. And that's all we want. That's all we want. And he will do something in us. So my question to you this morning as we end this service is, um, and will you stand with me? And this morning, I want to take some time to pray. I want to invite you, if you want, to have hands laid on you. And, and again, this is just us being instruments of God. There's nothing mystical or strange or anything about that. But the Bible does say to lay hands on you and to pray for you, whether you have a need and you're sick or if you just are seeking God. We, uh, there will be others that fall in behind you and pray for you. But if you desire, as we start to worship, to come and just seek the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, come. We're just going to worship. We're going to end the service that way. And if you need to leave, feel free to do so. If you need to go get your foot so that you can bring it back over here and put it on the basket for today, next week we'll have a little ladder there and we'll put them all up there. But if you want to go get your feet or foot or shoe or step or whatever you want to call that, um, and we'll get that going for you. But right now, Let's focus on seeking a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you need to yield your life to Jesus and you need to give everything up, I want you to come down and do that. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in and through you, come and just receive. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you that it'll, it'll be this big emotional moment for you. For some it's not. For some others it is. Some of you may experience something different. I don't know. And, and personally, I'm okay with that. Whatever it is, let's just let God do his thing. Amen? As we yield our lives completely to the leadership and love and grace of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that everyone in this room would experience a new and powerful relationship, a refreshed relationship with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would make your way into our hearts and rule and reign forever. 
And God, we realize there's a tug of war in this world between the flesh and the spirit. There's a tug of war between the the pleasures of this world and the, the beauty and blessing of following you. And Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the power and the ability, Lord, to fully give our lives completely to you. Lord, I pray right now for those that are desiring a power that they've never experienced before, a a new relationship that they have never had before with your spirit. Lord, if they've been hurt or they've been kind of freaked out by other stuff that they've seen on TV or other places, I pray right now, Lord, that we would just simply have a great relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Holy Spirit, I know you're speaking. Holy Spirit, I know that you desire more than anything to be the leader and Lord and lover of our lives. And I pray that you just show up right now, God, and touch hearts and lives as we yield ourselves to you. So if you desire to be prayed for, if you desire to just come and yield your life to God, just come to this altar right now. Step out of where you're at and just move towards him and let him touch you. Let him minister to you. There's nothing um, uh, mystical about this. This is just yielding your heart and life and taking an act of faith, really, by moving forward. And so you can just come up, and and if you choose not to, it's okay. But in your seat, I pray that you just uh, seek Him, find Him. Let's soak up the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place right now. There's board members that are going to pray. There's uh, Larry and Deanne are going to pray. And some different people are going to pray for you. And we just praise God for His presence right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we just yield our lives to you right now in Jesus' name. I pray for these people that have come, Lord, and I just ask that your Holy Spirit just fill this place. As we begin to sing about your peace, Lord, may that peace rest on the hearts of those that are troubled. Lord, may your conviction rest on the hearts of those that need to confess sin to you. Lord, I pray that as we yield our our whole lives to you and to your leadership and to your lordship, Lord, we become subjects of your, your kingdom and we want your kingdom to reign in our lives. Have your way, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Have your way in every heart, in every mind in every spirit. I pray right now. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.